everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master of D&D Raw. And before we begin, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy D&D Raw, we would love it if you would support us on Patreon to hear new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. By contributing as little as $1 per month, patrons enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. Our higher level patrons get access to DM's notes, outtakes from our episodes, the chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode, and even to join our monthly patron game. We wanted to thank all of our Adventure Tier and Above patrons for their support this month. So thank you Jeremy Kleinhans, a Linux fan, and Dark Queasy, and a very special thanks to our producer tier patron, Gnome, for serving as a producer on this episode. To find out more about how you can join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. If you're not able to support DND Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check us out next week for Serviceable Plots, Episode 12. But for now, on to Episode 11 of Rumble Squad, Attempting Offer. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Chris, and I will be playing Auric Fireforge, the Hill Dwarf Forge Cleric. Hi, I'm Jane, and I will be playing Nissa Turin, the Gnome Arcane Trickster Rogue. Hi, I'm Nick, and I will be playing Luthen Cromdell, the Half-Elf Alchemist Artificer. Hi, I'm Rachel, and I will be playing Elaine Fox, the Human Druid Barbarian. Last time, the party made their way deeper into the city known as Neverhelm, where first they found a smithy, where they solved the puzzle there and avoided a large, intimidating creature who they helped free due to their shared predicament of being trapped. In the smithy, they discovered some gems and a mithril key, a potion of healing, and a hat of disguise. They pressed on, arriving at some sort of throne room, where they used the mithril key, which revealed some strange glass. As the party each touched the glass, they vanished from the room. Auric was the first to step through the portal, with the party following shortly behind, and they found themselves teleported to some strange location known only as the Vault of Neverelm. As they were preparing to explore further, they heard a voice cry out, No! Stay away from me! And that is where we pick up with the party. However, we're going to jump back a little bit and discuss some of the changes the party has gone through since entering the room. Within this area, each of you over the morning have felt invigorated in your own way. You've had the chance to rest up, and this very place seems to have changed you in some way to a certain degree. Elaine, due to all of the fighting you have, you feel quicker on your feet and able to focus more of your strikes after dealing with that bronze golem. You find your reflexes quicker. You find yourself able to focus more. However, you know that it would leave you open to further attacks. Auric, though you feel further from Yadumin, you feel he's given a blessing to you, even at this distance, that your power has been enhanced. You're able to react faster to people, and you have a much stronger control over your spells that require a lot more focus, as if Yadumin is helping you to maintain that focus. Nissa. In this place, as the magic, this weight, this creeping sensation is around you, you feel like you've tapped into some 
gnomish magic from deep inside you. And you know that if you feel yourself ever in danger, you've been invisible before. You feel like you could replicate that effect. It would take some energy, but you're fairly confident that you can recreate that effect for a short time. It's as if the magic in this place has allowed you to tap into that racial ability that lives inside you. And Leuven, with all of your study that you've done on trying to understand magic and this place, and even when you were initially blinded by the amount of magic here, you feel like something seeped in. And you somehow have a a better instinct on how to manipulate magic and control it to a certain degree. Also, having seen a couple of your allies and then understanding how to cast the Cure Wounds spell, you feel like you could replicate their incantations and heal your allies as well without just using your healing draught. So that is where all of you find yourselves as you are standing before this large doorway. Does the doorway appear to be locked? Do you try the handle? Should we check this for traps or something? That's your thing, not mine. How big is the door? It's about 15 feet up. Oh, it's a big door. And it's a double door. Got it. And we heard the, the calling for help on the other side of it. Yep. I don't think we have time to sit here and just waste. I don't think we have time. I, I think we need to get in there as soon as possible if somebody's in trouble. Okay. I try to open the door. I will help. Okay. Who would like a roll of strength check with advantage? Maybe Auric will help. So go ahead. 13. Okay. With a little bit of difficulty. The three of you kind of push against the door and it starts to grind an inch forward as you reveal the room beyond. The room itself is small and you see intricate stonework that covers the area. Almost immediately to the right of the doorway as you enter, you see a simple water basin with four large tables on the opposite side. Two pillars you see mark the opposite side of the room and a pathway that seems to lead between them. As you are staring into the room, you see four orcs seeming to be standing watch by the pillars. All of them are wearing hide armor and two are wielding great axes. Two seem to have no weapons on their person. As the door slides open, I need all of you to roll initiative. First up is one of the orcs that has no weapons. As he turns to look at all of you, he is going to move up. And as he does, he gestures towards all of you and pricks his finger as he begins an incantation. Since Leuven, Auric, and Elaine were essentially right by the door, I need the three of you to make a charisma saving throw. Nine. A natural 20. 20 total. So you feel this wave of like suppressive energy kind of pass over you. Auric, you feel this pulse of energy that seems to be almost slowing you, weakening you. He cast Bane. <gasps> Oof. You recognize it, Auric, as it is a cleric spell. So you will roll a d4 on any attack roll or saving throw and subtract from the total. (laughs) As he releases the spell, he calls out an orcish something back towards his companions. Nissa. I would like to shuffle forward if I can, or maybe squeeze in between (laughs) Elaine and Auric. You can. (laughs) Excuse me, pardon me. (laughs) Just, yeah. Excuse me, coming through. through. I would like to try and cast sleep. I would like to put it... Could I manage to get them all? Basically, you can put it in such a way that they would all be within the area. I would like to do that, please. I would like to try and put them all in there if I can. All right. Go ahead and roll 5d8. 22. You run between Elaine and Auric as you see this kind of pulse of energy go over them and duck around the side of the door as you 
focus your arcane energy and release a new spell, you see one of the orcs that's by the pillars just falls to the ground and just... Nice. The other one that's by the pillar kind of like eyes go heavy, but shakes and is still focused. Curse you. (laughs) That brings us to the other orc that doesn't have a weapon on him is going to move up. You see he focuses his energy as light forms in his hand. Auric, you recognize this guiding bolt as he looks towards you, Nyssa, and releases a blast. And as you see the light coming, having seen Auric cast the spell before, you duck and it slams into the wall behind you. (laughs) As he just stares at you and you're assuming, based off of the way he goes, that he's probably cursing at you. Nissa grins and curses back in Gnomish. You hear a giggle from, like, the back. Elaine. Bonus action rage. I'm going to charge up about 25 feet to get kind of right in between the two caster people that look like they're going to cause some trouble. And just do, like, that, you know, neck roll and look at the one that originally did something to me. And I am going to just slash with my scimitar recklessly. Make your attack roll. So does a 16 hit. A 16 does hit. They are wearing hide armor. Six points of damage. Slashing, slash, slash. So you dash forward and roar out in rage as you draw your scimitar. And right when you get between the two, you swing and hack into this thing's side. You still see its eyes focused in the direction of Orc. That brings us to the Orc that is not asleep, <laughs> who is going to look at his friend in confusion before moving up to join his allies. And he's going to take a swing at you, Elaine. As he runs forward and pulls his great axe, swings as you bring your shield up and it slams against your shield as you push the blade aside. You felt you barely got your shield up in time as you had kind of opened yourself up in the initial strike against the weaponless orc beside you. Luvin, you're up. So if I move up kind of closer into the doorway area, 30 feet away from me would put an alchemical fire right to the left of the armored one that came up. They're all armored. You're talking about the one that has a weapon? The great axe? Yeah. Okay, so you're going so that it'll smash into the ground beside the one with the great axe and the one that had cast the spell, correct? Right. You hurl it and they seem a little bit more prepared as they kind of jump to the side as the glass shatters on the ground and sprays, but they seem to avoid it. Cool. That's my turn. Okay. That orc is asleep and there is nothing he can do about it. Yes. <laughs> Orc. So first thing I'm going to do is cast a new spell that you guys haven't seen before. The spiritual weapon. And I'm going to put it right next to the cast. What does your caster. spiritual weapon look like? Oh, it looks like a Warhammer. That's my bonus action is to Which cast. Which you can attack at the same time with yes, that. Yes, I can. When you cast it. So. Oh, and I shall. All right. Make your attack roll and then roll a d4. 18 and then minus two from the bane. So 16. Yep. And you're attacking the one that cast the spell, correct? Correct. Okay. You all watch as this spectral hammer appears beside the orc that had cast Bane upon you and swings. Looking slightly surprised, the orc gets hit into the shoulder with it. Ten damage. Elaine, from that distance, you hear a resounding crack as like some bones definitely broke from that swing. Concentration. Bane drops. Sweet. Yay. So now that I feel much better... I will be moving up right in front of this guy and thusly bringing down my holy hammer upon his noggin. (laughs) Go for it. Does a 17 hit? 
17 hits. Oh, that's a relief. Five damage. Okay. So you swing and slam into its leg as you scramble up towards this this orc, feeling a lot better. And it kind of limps back a little bit as it stares between you, the spiritual weapon, and Elaine. Yeah. So it's its turn. You see him almost go into this, like, rage and takes one swing at Elaine. Mm. Elaine is with advantage. 17 to hit. Yep. Four points of damage as he turns and catches you slightly off guard, slashing into your side, and then turns and takes a swing at Auric. Auric, you just bring your shield up and catch it with no issue. What is he swinging with? His claws. Oh. You notice now that you're this close, the nails on his hands are actually incredibly long. Huh. That does bring us to Nissa's turn. I'm going to pull my short sword and go and try and stabby stab. I'm going to assume I could move like either here or the other side of Auric. You have just enough room that you can move either kind of at an L to Auric and Elaine easily or on the other side of Auric by the spiritual weapon. You kind of can tuck up against the water basin that's there. So I will tuck myself there and I will attack the guy in front of Auric with my short sword. 17 to hit. That hits. Yay, 16 total. You stab and pull the blade across. It kind of like half collapses to the ground. It's still up, but it's looking rough. So it is the other unarmed orc who just has claws, and he is going to focus again and cast a Bane spell. So I now need Nyssa, Orc, and Elaine to make a charisma saving throw. Natural 20. 13. Nat 20. (laughs) Auric, you being annoyed that the first one had put this pressure on you, you push through the power of the Bane spell and are fine. You are unaffected. Elaine. So the one that we've been wailing on this whole time, I am going to turn and just wail on him. Make your attack roll. Nat 20. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a 20 and a 12. (laughs) So yeah, that definitely hits. Nine points of damage as I like leap in the air and bring my scimitar down at him. Like, ah! So Elaine turns and as this orc is just turning from one to the other to the other, as he starts to look towards Elaine, a sword just comes straight towards his eyeline and slices right through and he just drops. All right, that brings us to the orc with the great axe who swings and slices into your side. Slashing damage. Yep, so it's gonna be halved. Mm -hmm. Eight points of damage reduced to four as the ax comes around and hacks across your side, but you are so focused in your rage right now. That does bring us to Leuven. I come around to the right side of Elaine. Those are tables, so that'd be double movement. I mean, you you can get there. So are you up on the table? I'm on the table. Yes, tackle him to the ground. Yeah, not my thing. He will give you a thumbs up for those battle cries, though. It's going to toss an alchemical fire behind the two orcs near Elaine. So that it hits both the clerical orc and the one with the great axe. Yes. Correct? Natural 20 for the one with the great axe, but that is a 10 for the cleric. 10 points. Leuven, you run and leap, kind of placing a foot onto the table, push yourself up and hurl a vial over the heads of the two orcs harassing you guys as it slams into the ground behind them. The one orc with the great axe easily kind of just turns and leaps out of the way of the splash while the one who just has claws just gets a face full of fire 
that just burns and he just turns to look towards you. So I leap off of the table and am now behind Elaine. So he is taking a swing at you. So you are going to take five points of slashing damage. As you leap away, he swings and catches your leg. But you are now out of his range. Cool. Uh, that'll be my turn. Auric. So I am going to, for spiritual weapon, it's a bonus action. You can move it and attack. So I'm going to move it so that it's in flanking position for Elaine. And I will have it attack. Make your attack roll. Seven. You swing. This orc is much quicker, it seems, than his allies. I will go ahead and myself move up five feet. We'll try out my new cantrip. Toll the dead? Yeah, we're going to try it on the uh, cleric. Okay. That is a wisdom save. As an 18. Yeah, that beats it. As orc points towards this cleric orc, you hear just a resounding for a moment, but the orc shakes his head and then turns his attention towards you, orc. That is it for my turn, then. Nissa. I'm going to move up and short sword attack on the orc in front of Auric. Okay, the one that keeps dodging and weaving yeah. and for some reason hasn't been hit yet. 21 to hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll definitely do <laughs> it. 16 total points of damage. So, Nissa, how would you like to one-shot this orc? Oh, wow. I'd like to maneuver my sword just straight into its side, if possible, as far in as my little feeble arms could push it. Nissa, you run forward, and you initially notice the spiritual weapon swing, and you kind of almost use its power to leap from the weapon and slam your blade into the orc's ribs and keep going till the actual cross guard of your short sword goes into his skin and he just and as he collapses as you come to the ground you yank the blade out and just great precision as you literally shove the blade between his ribs and into his heart now for the last conscious orc's turn he's gonna reach out for you elaine as you see him go and begin to cast a spell, dark energy covers his hand as he reaches out to grab you, and you feel your life force start being pulled away from you. You take 11 points of necrotic damage. Oof. That's a hefty. And he, some of the wounds you see, heal up. <gasps> no. He's going to pull away. Ah, attack of opportunity. Attacks of opportunity. Yep, that's from Auric Annaline. 18 to hit. I will do the uh, all the dead, so I have to make a w- wisdom saving throw. Five points for my scimitar. That is a 14. Ah, that just beats it. So the orc runs towards the path between the two columns at the far end of the room and is just barely out of your line of sight. That brings us to Elaine. Yeah, I'm in pursuit. Reckless attack. Natural 20. Again? Um. Oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I really like these new dice. <laughs> So as you do come around, you see that there is a hallway that extends on with two different paths off to the right at varying intervals. Six points of damage. You run up towards him and hack into his back as he is trying to get away from all of you. Elaine, as you're at this area, you feel kind of a weird pressure around here, like on your body. Nothing painful yet. It's only happened as you got between the pillars. Got it. Leuven. I have enough movement to get right behind Elaine. So I haven't used... An acid vial today. So he saves. Yeah, okay, so I'm gonna cast Shield of Faith on you. Elaine, your AC goes up by two. As Leuven hurls this vial, which the orc, having been hit by Elaine, turns, sees it, and shifts his head as it slams into the wall beside him. Leuven is also yanking out this 
script of parchment as he releases this protective aura around you. Auric, I'm going to move up. As you do, you are guiding the weapon at an angle so it appears right behind this orc. And I will have the spiritual weapon attack. So attack roll. 17 to hit, five damage. So you swing and smack into its side. It's getting bloodied. I will do a sacred flame. That is a 12. Five radiant damage. As the hammer swings, it hits the side of this orc and a pulse of divine energy slams down atop it as it just burns away. You see it's like still struggling to keep going. Nissa. I will move up to a position where I could possibly hurl a dart. So you run up to the pillar. All of you can see there's some writing on the pillar, but you're in the middle of combat, so... 19 to hit. 8 total. So you hurl this dart. It just slices through the back uh, of its shoulder by its neck and collarbone, and you see it kind of like limping along. Yeah, he's going to look back. Yeah, you see he puts his hands to himself and heals himself slightly, and then he's going to run some more. So attack of opportunity from Elaine. 13. You swing... And your sword catches the last bits of his hide armor, but miss as he is running down the tunnel. Elaine. Chasing 30 you feet. <laughs> try to move forward. Oh. I need you to make a strength saving throw. You have advantage because you're raging. Oh my guys, I need a picture. Two <gasps> nat 20s. What? Two nat 20s. <laughs> you might have just broke the enchantment. Sweet. Ooh. So all of you initially see like a small shimmer of light appear around Elena. She pushes forward, but in her blind fury to kill this orc, there is a resounding crack. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, two net 20s, two net 20s. <laughs> and because of that, you do not take damage from this thunderous blast that kind of echoes out from you shattering this thing. <laughs> Though, Luvin, you feel like a small pulse kind of pass by. You you know Elaine just tripped something and ripped through it. <laughs> I just broke through the sound barrier, guys. <laughs> so I'm up in his face. Reckless attack again. 18 on the die. So yep. Nine points of damage. <laughs> so you hack into him. He looks, again, he's struggling. Like, he's got one arm that's barely holding on after that hit. I'm just shouting in his face. Luvin. Acid. 11. 11. Leuven, how would you like to finish this orc? Just into the neck. So as you had hacked into his shoulder, Elaine, and yanked, nearly tearing the arm from the socket, he kind of half spins as Leuven chucks in a side pitch over your shoulder this vial of acid that slams into the orc's neck and face, and he topples over sideways. There's not much left above the shoulders. So you guys are basically out of initiative. What is your intention with the sleeping orc? So I'm already heading back. I was going to say, since orc is lawful good, he would probably try and just tie yeah. him up and take his weapon That's away. That's what I was thinking. And basically incapacitate him. As I'm like coming around the corner <laughs> like an angry creature with like frothing at the mouth, covered in blood splatters. Can Nissa go through his pockets? Investigation check. 17. Okay. 
Um, you do find uh, five silver pieces. I'm taking the silver pieces. This is actually a, a female orc. You see this long curled dark hair is really like rugged, almost pockmarked gray skin, just shy of six feet, but like all muscle. And you just see piercings kind of covering her cheeks, ears, eyebrows, and a small necklace of what look like teeth kind of around her neck. So currently you are in this simple room with the water basin by the entrance, four tables. Now that you have had a second, is anyone reading what's on the pillars? Yes. Yep. Yep. So it is written in common. It says, The great smith traveled from his distant land to ours to perfect his craft, and this he has done. That which was gifted to Neverhelm were the items to rival the works of gods. No other smith could match his talent. Many have tried, and thus they follow the path of Avantir Anvilik by cleansing their hands and thoughts of preconceived notions and began their journey. I give a little psh. Quick question, Tony. The water. There's water in there? There's water in this bowl. Does it look clean or... It looks clean. I think Elaine would start <laughs> start <laughs> maybe like dip a little finger and see if it's like cold or hot or if it burns. It's actually pretty cool. Okay, and then maybe just take a little sip of it. Okay, you drink a little bit of this water. Mm-hmm. Your cuts, bruises, and slightly desiccated arm where he had grabbed you heal up by 12 hit points. Oh, nice. I'm like, oh, this is really good water, guys. However, any additional drinking, if you try again, you don't heal anymore. Or <laughs> might go and take a sip of the water. Guys, this water is the best. Like, it's the best water I've ever <laughs> tasted. You're back to full. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna do the same. Luvin, you heal by 14. Nissa, if you go to drink, you're full. Okay, cool. I'll go and take a drink then. <laughs> also, I'll take a little time just to write down the inscription on that pillar. So, you are here, and as you guys are all, you know, moving about and tying up, and Elaine has a little sip, we're gonna say all of you eventually get a sip from this delicious, refreshing water. The orc comes to, but starts to struggle and pull at the bindings. Elaine would point to the two dead bodies that are still in the room and then just shake her head and go, no, just no. Stop struggling. Do we hear any other noises going on about, like any other cries for help? If you would like, you can roll perception, but currently no. I would like to do that. I'll join in that. I got a six total. 19. Orc, it's quiet. You're not really hearing anything. Leuven, you think... You catch, like, the sound of fire? That little crackling sound, way off in the distance. Down that path we were headed down before? Yes. Yeah, I think I hear some fire down that way. It's faint, though. Leuven, you want to ask the orc lady here what she knows? Why does he have to? We could just ask her. Because Leuven here could convince a dog to go out of a meat wagon. Aw, shucks. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a try. So, hi, my name's Leuven. breed Ah, oh. spits towards you, Man, but misses. Racist much. <laughs> huh, never heard that before. All right, what are you doing here? Roll persuasion. Ten. Just stares at you, spits to the side. We can work together. It doesn't have to be a problem. What do I get? You get to live. Turns to uh, you, Nissa. I tell you why you not kill me anyway. Give us a good reason why we shouldn't kill you. <sighs> Roll intimidation. <laughs> oh boy. 14. <laughs> Little gnome. 
I'd like to point out she is a little unbound gnome with her weapon still on her. And I'm going to gesture to that other orc that was not one of the, the casters. Say, that little gnome over there is the one that did in your buddy. It's going to stare over at the buddy. Good hit. Livin's going to kneel down and try this again. We didn't come here to hurt anyone. Why would we? We're just trying to find some things out. So help us and it's all going to be fine. You not come to hurt. She points to the other two orcs, but you come in. And when I wake up, they're dead. You come to kill my clan. Well, you attacked us, technically. The claw cast spell to weaken you. Then I wake up and they dead. <laughs> so as a reminder, came up, cast a spell that tried to just weaken you, fell asleep. <laughs> That's all she saw. I think at that point, Elaine would kind of step over and motion to all the various wounds that have not fully healed. Yes, cast a spell to weaken us and then attacked us. Roll persuasion with advantage. A natural 20? Looks you over. Maybe you're stronger than I thought. My clan couldn't kill you. You see a little bit of respect in, in her eyes. Elaine will kind of just kneel down a little bit. Your wall? And she's going to motion down the tunnel area that she smashed through. Mm -hmm. Your wall couldn't stop me either. Her eyes go wide in surprise and more respect. You break magic wall. How you break? Well, she just ran right through. You want to join clan? <laughs> <laughs> we need strong like you it's a tempting after but we're looking for information and we're looking for a companion information companion what mean clan member huh? and and she's gonna look over to like Leuven or and it's like I don't know another word for information. Uh, as you look over at Leuven, she points to Leuven and goes, like half-breed, yes? Not like half-breed, because we don't call him half-breed. Mm. Elaine's leveling a gaze at this orc, like, you will respect my friend. One like half-elf, yes? Yes. Did you see any tall, skinny guy with six arms come by? Real ugly fella. So for the first time, she looks scared. Rydot. Rydot? What do you know about this Rydot? Old. Very strong. Warchief says must help. A friend of yours. Warchief says help. Is this Rydot up ahead? Don't know what Rydot does. Nothing good. Smirk slightly. Are we going to find this Rydot further up ahead the tunnels? Rydot doing something, yes. I would like to motion to my companions to step over to the side for a second. Just kind of have a, a, a side conversation without her involved. So I think we have two options. One, try to get them to help us. Or two, get them to stay out of our way. I think we'd have more luck just getting them to stay out of the way than we would getting them to help us. It sounds like they have orders from their clan in order to help the Spellweaver. That's my thought as well. If we let her go and she goes back to the clan with the tale of your heroics there, pretty sure that respect will keep them out of our way. We don't have to free her right now. We can do it once we're done up ahead. But is that where the clan might be? Well, we can ask. Another thought. The Lady of Spirits, we know, is opposed to people hurting natural things. I wonder if she would be also opposed to people helping 
unnatural things. So maybe we could somehow call out to her and say, look, there's this orc clan that is helping something that is unnatural, an aberration, which is directly opposed to her natural order. She might want to intervene somehow. Orc is going to call back over to the uh, orc lady. Are there any more of your clan members with this Rydot up ahead? Yes. How many? Roll persuasion. Thirteen? More. So are we going to try to get them to stay out of our way? How are we going to do it, though? We bring her with us. She'll do the talking. If we do bring her with us, we should keep her bound. I don't think so. What's to stop her from turning on us? She has no weapons. What is she going to do? Slap me? Or punch. So Elaine just does the slow blink at you. Like, really? I think having her unbound will send a clearer message that we are not here to harm them. That we want them just to stay out of our way. Than having her bound. It might come across as more hostile if she's bound. She could also tell them that we killed some of them. Self-defense. They seem to understand that, at least. Fine. Lubin? Yeah, I'm all for it. Okay. Nissa, you're okay with it? Yes. I will kneel down a little closer to Nissa and just quietly tell her, keep your daggers handy. Oh, I will. So I will actually reach down, untie her hands. You'll take us to your clan. Roll persuasion. 15 total. You unbind her hands and she looks at you, cracks her knuckles, stands up. We have your weapons and I'll motion over to Auric and your armor. We will return them to you when we've returned you to your clan. And we have come to an understanding that your clan will not hinder what we're doing here. My clan, more scared, Rydot, than you. We're going after Rydot. <laughs> you want die? Okay. And Elaine, with a few words, I think we can make them pretty scared of you. I'll work on that. I will step back. You see my cloak billow just a little bit. <laughs> I think we can make this work. <laughs> What's the name of your clan? And your name too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Skull. And then you ask her her name? Yeah. yeah. She turns to look at Auric and just says, Glasha, Dwarf Slayer. Auric's eyes are going to narrow a little bit. And it'll go... You could try. All right, let's keep this on mission. So away we go. Based off of your insight, Auric, she doesn't think much of you at all, but she respects Elaine, it seems, or has some form of respect towards Elaine. Before we start heading that way, I'm going to kind of tap Leuven on the shoulder. Yeah. Will you speak with her for a few more moments? Speak with Glasha? Yeah, just... Talk to her, see if you can get anything else about the clan or how far we're going to have to go to meet with them if they're working directly with Rydot or just helping. Okay. And then Nissa, mm-hmm. I would like you to keep an eye out and scouting and try to stay to the shadows as much as possible. Can do. The reason is I want to step behind her out of her view and I am actually going to cast uh, some curing spells on myself <laughs> without her seeing. <laughs> okay. Don't appear weak. Exactly. <laughs> so, Luvin, Auric, you are standing in front of Glasha. So, Glasha, tell us about the fearsome power of the Nightmare Skull Clan. Roll persuasion. Okay. Nissa, are you scouting now, or are you going to hold for a minute? Hold until we're all kind of good to go, I guess. Okay. 18. My clan strongest. Slaughter other clans. Kill other warchiefs. Bring stronger to our clan. Rydot, old, speak with Warchief. 
because Warchief's strongest. Warchief has strong friends like Rydot. Makes my clan strongest clan in Rugorum. Is your Warchief here with Rydot? Warchief too busy. Not need protect Rydot. I only used one cure wounds, by the way. Okay. Your clan sounds large, gathering so many strong individuals. Yes. Strongest clan will be strongest in all Rugorum. Your friends fought well, by the way, and he does bow his head respectfully. Not good enough. You kill them. This one, and she kind of gestures behind her because Elaine would be like right around the corner there. And little one, you said, killed them. They worth being alive. My clan, not. Oh, he rubs his neck awkwardly. Well, I guess we'll just have to show you that we're better than this Rydot. If you say so. I think we are ready to continue unless... The, the tables are empty, right? You don't see anything on them, but roll investigation. 17. You're checking them out and there's nothing on them, but there was stuff on them fairly recently. It looks like there's like dust that's gathered, but you notice imprints of things. It looks like items, but it definitely like you see like spaces where there's like a tiny bit of dust that mostly seems like it got moved when the stuff was removed rather than like it's been settling there. All right. If there's nothing else really going on in the room, I think we're ready to go. I'll go and start scouting ahead. As Nissa, you pass by and you still feel that that weird tingly sensation from between the pillars, but you're able to pass right through it. It feels like they're like a curtain that just got ripped. It's still like there, but you're able to just pass right through it. As you get up to the first veering off to the right, you see it, it continues on down and seems to enter some sort of room, but it continues off to, to the side. And then you have the path that heads straight ahead. I would definitely be walking as much next to Glasha as possible, kind of like next to slash a half step behind. So letting her lead. Are you in the back or in the front of the rest of you? I think we'd stay towards the front. Okay. Nissa, you were going to stay to the shadows, so for the sake of this, go ahead and roll a stealth check for me. 13. So, after a little bit, you kind of come up to the corner, and you see that the path continues to the right, and it continues straight ahead. I would just pause there, yeah, just wait for everybody else to see where we need to go. Yeah, I would kind of motion her, so, uh, which way should we be going? You know the tunnels? Glasha kind of shrugs a little and goes, I was told guard there. Some orcs go that way and points to the right. Some orcs go that way and point straight. Which way would be to your war chief or to whoever leads you currently? War chief, not here. We came from Mirror. Do you know which way right at went? You see her start to kind of like look towards the ground. More recent track that way and point straight. Can I tell if Glasha can see Nissa? And can I subtly try to motion to Nissa basically to go check the other hallway. All right, so inside check and then sleight of hand. Seven total. <laughs> Glasha hasn't looked at Nissa. Four. <laughs> Who you wave at? <laughs> All of you clearly see Elaine kind of like doing the go on gesture with her hand. Huge eye roll from Nissa. <laughs> Jeez, with the windmilling. <laughs> I will go try and peek around the corner. Okay, so you get up to the bend and you see the path continues to curve, but you see fire just past two pillars. 
just lots of fire. Does it look like the fire's blocking the path? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. It's basically the path leads straight into the flames, it looks like. Not that way. Not that way. I will head back and in- inform them of what I see. <laughs> Not that way. That way bad. Big fire. Did you feel the heat from the fire? Nope. Not from this distance, anyway. Would I have been able to tell it seemed... I mean, I was at a distance, so I'm going to assume I didn't feel heat particularly, but could I tell if it was real fire or if it was, like, magical or an illusion? Roll Arcana. Nope. That's the natural one. You know of no way that fire could be magical like that. Did you get close enough to try and look past the fire? No. Orikash saw a huge band of flame and turned around. You go touch the fire. Glasha, would you please lead up so we can look closer at this fire? Glasha is going to round the corner, see the flames, and kind of just stop. I'll stop, like, next to her, slash behind her, whatever, just... does feel a little bit warmer. Auric, fire, your specialty with the hot fire. You do see the two pillars, since you're at this point, and they do have writing on them, but you will have to get closer. It's it's written very small. (laughs) Very fine print. Yeah. I will try and, like, slowly... Approach it and try and gauge the heat as I do. See what my superior dwarven eyes see in this pillar. You see a lot of fire. And as you got closer, it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. But you get up to the pillar and you notice the flames are like literally just behind the pillar. And as you got that close, they are like touching the backs of the pillars. And you notice the very backs of them and kind of around the edges are red from seeming like from heat. As you approach the pillar, it says, Just as that which is forged, so too did Avantir Anvilik pass through the flames of his home to cross into our lands. All must not hesitate and commit to burn away any misgivings to craft their destiny. <laughs> Livin's going to write that down as well once Oric recites it. Yep. It's written in Dwarvish this time. Ah, well, I will I will recite back the translation for you. Yay. Well, it sounds like we have to run through. <laughs> no. Can I try and pray to Yadamin for some guidance as to whether or not running through the fire is the correct choice of action? You can roll religion. Four total. You have never felt further from Yadamin as you do right now. There is something about this place that seems to be like, you almost feel like it's blocking your connection. Hmm. I mean, to be fair, Auric, you went through the mirror without any questions. Fire's your thing. All right. I will say a uh, quick prayer to Yadamin, and then I will walk through the fire. You're heading straight through. Straight through. No hesitation. So, Auric travels straight through the fire. So, all of you watch as Auric enters and disappears from view, the fire licking at his armor, his hair, his beard, and all you hear are shrieks of intense pain as Auric's body disappears in the flames. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And I hope to see you next time in the world of Ostia.